What are your greatest concerns about current trends and programs with teaching readers and literacy instruction in general? And I, I'll go first on this one. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, I worry about things becoming a script, things becoming very exclusive. Um, this is scientific, this is not. And I just see kind of this dual approach to reading instruction. And, um, you know, just a little worried about that. You know, not that we haven't dealt with this before, but it seems like it gets accelerated by social media and, you know, the loudest voices talking and um, not, enough, not enough people who are very knowledgeable are speaking up. So that's just my worry with the way things are right now. But what are your thoughts? Uh, Denise, I see you nodding and... I agree. I agree with you. It It is just some things that I've been seeing going on. I know that that's, um, we're boiling it down to specific things. You know, I read the first part of the book and um, that that's exactly, you know, the, the skills, teaching the skills and not teaching the kids that are in front of you. So we're not taking into consideration the, the individual child differentiation. Yeah, that the title's teaching readers, not reading. And, you know, um, you say teaching the, you know, the, to the child that um, just that's, that has to be the center, I would think. It is the center and, um, and uh, definitely stress in the book. How about you, Sandy? Just what is something that's just concerning you? Um, well, I, I just want to add that I'm a teacher leader, not just a teacher of reading recovery. So it's, thank you anyway, for clarifying. I had that written down. I, it's okay. I, um, I think what concerns me is the idea of um, not only is it scripted, but it's mandated for all students at the same time, right? And so it's one size fits all and it applies to the whole class. And I just saw a tweet today where the teacher is saying like, um, you know, everything has to be whole class and it's not considered teaching unless the teacher is standing in front of the room delivering instruction to all students. Um, and we know how that goes, right? That's not, it's not gonna meet everybody's needs. Um, and it's definitely not gonna meet the needs of kids who's, you know, who have, who need differentiated learning. So um, uh, that, that concerns me, um, mm -hmm. I think the most right now. Yeah, I mean, how do kids get better at reading if the teacher's doing all the work? And um, <laughs> yeah, we went through a curriculum review last year and looked at several resources and it was just surprised how many made no time for independent reading or read aloud or all the things that kids come for when it comes to being a reader. And it just seems like an afterthought. Okay. Uh, the second question I had, oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm just gonna say, I think that that may be because that is being mandated. Oh, by the state. The things yeah. By the state is saying, you know, when I, I was talking earlier about the, the things that are being said that cannot be included, then you're obviously your publishers are going to not include that. Mm -hmm. They'll do whatever you <laughs> tell them to do, right? Well, yeah. and it's also, you know, like Rachel Gabriel has been talking a lot about, you know, just the consumerism behind this movement and how, you know, everything that the districts have now are, they're just like going to toss it all and they're going to like dump all this money into all these new materials that are, um, going to make a lot of, I mean, they're going after Heinemann, but Heinemann, you know, what they're selling and how much they make is like a drop in the bucket compared to what 
all of these new publishers, right? And there are some new publishers coming out who are going to take advantage of, you know, these materials that are going to be sent and purchased by. It's know, really a shame that schools are, I've seen many schools that have locked the book room, locked it and told teachers they cannot go in there and get the little books or anything like that. And so that's literally thousands and thousands of dollars of books that are not being used in mm -hmm. classrooms with kids. Yeah. It's a shame. It is. And it's, it seems just like a lack of, I mean, the money certainly is part of this and needs to be considered. I just think lack of trust too, and teachers to teach readers and um, trust leaders to engage with their teachers about, you know, what's promising for practice and, you know, what needs to be reflected upon. And that's several issues going on here for sure. Uh, the second question I had was, you know, think about a effective reading instruction. You're both, um, you know, backgrounds in reading recovery. And um, I was from a reading recovery school prior to this one. I just, I've always been so impressed with the professionalism and um, and the professional development approach to reading recovery. That's just what's always impressed me um, and just constantly learning. But what are some characteristics or key components for this type of instruction? You've already mentioned that, you know, you know, making sure you've got books that kids can and want to read and um, not following a script, other things that you just find are just essential for effective instruction. Well, I would say that teacher knowledge of the subject, right? They need to know um, what, you know, reading theory is, right? Reading and literacy, right? You know, Mari Clay talks about a literacy processing theory. You know, I, I just think that science or reading, there is no theory, right? I don't think that, I, I don't know what their theory is. It's, they, you know, they talk about, you know, uh, sequential and direct and explicit instruction, but that's not a theory, right? And so if we don't have a theory, then we don't think about how the materials that we're given, um, you know, fits that theory. And then, it, you know, anything goes, right? And so mm -hmm. I just think that um, you know, teachers need some expertise um, and training in how to think about um, the children that are sitting in front of them because everybody's going to be different. And the kids who are the most challenging are going to be the most, um, you know, they're challenging because we don't know what their confusions are. So we have to have that expertise to be able to teach them, like, the, you know, teaching them to sound out every single letter and all of the rules, like, that's not going to work for them, right? I mean, it might work for for some part of what they need, but it's not everything. Otherwise it would be easy, right? And so I just think that, you know, teachers need to know how, how we you know how kids learn to read and, um, and write. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when the curriculum stops working, right? Um, they're not gonna know what to do. I mean, they're just gonna keep plowing forward or they're gonna start to question, but um, you know, if the, if the mandate is to follow the script and it's gonna be, like you said, quite difficult to reach those kids who need your expertise the most. Denise? Very narrow. It's just very, very extremely narrow what's being, what they're being told to do and scripted to do. And um, they're, the, the assessments, whatever the assessments are, they're extremely narrow. There's typically an assessment of phonemic awareness and that's it. Whereas, you know, if you, 
in reading recovery had a wide range of, you know, we assessed all aspects of literacy, including their attitude about reading mm-hmm. and yeah. their motivation to read. And, you know, all of, all of that, that I agree with the uh, Afflerbach that it, that those are in critical important. You can be able to read all day long, but if you don't want to, if you're, if you were, that, that's a huge problem. And, and we're, if we're not looking at that, you know, and the excitement for reading and allowing kids to read real books, that's all, that's motivating and engaging. So we've we really narrowed it all down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having the space and really options to, to reach all kids and, and no program will work for every kid, you know, even reading recovery, it's not even remember, reading recovery. <laughs> that's exactly recovery. right. What's that? I was just saying. She's agreeing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, one reading recovery teacher was having a hard time getting her child to to go to the to with her, and uh, she did some small action research of bringing in, I think, like a Venus flytrap or something like that, just to you know give the and then read some books on um, different plants and, and things like that, just find their interest and what might spark them and. Um, we just don't want to lose that creativity, which I think is um, one aspect of effective instruction. So, yeah, going back to Alphabet's book, though, do you agree that teach, teach schools need to teach more than just skills and strategies? I mean, we I think we kind of know that. Um, yes, um, I do think about the title though, "Teaching Readers Not Reading," and it's it's a pretty provocative title, you know, title. And of course, we teach reading a um what was your take on that i i agree i agree your first read of it is like well you have to teach reading right. <laughs> you know you have to but his point is that we our narrow we have a narrow view the country has a narrow view of cognitive skills and strategies and that's it when the affective side also and even um, I don't know if he's going to argue this because I've just read the first chapter, but even, you know, uh, 50%, 50-50, you know, that the, those have, they have to be attended to and they make a huge difference. I've done a lot of research in self-efficacy, though it's been teacher self-efficacy and the role that self-efficacy plays is huge for kids and teachers. So you just, you can't just leave, leave it at the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, I think that the science of reading people and, you know, others, you know, if the skills, it's like, they don't know something, so I need to teach it to them. And once I teach it to them, they'll be readers. And I think the big thing that's missing is the transfer piece, right? And how does it apply to when they go off so they can be independent readers? And, you know, I think um, Shannon Han had a piece about, you know, we can't have independent reading time because the kids aren't reading independently, right? So, I mean, it's not like, all of a sudden I'm going to say it's independent reading time. Let's all get our, go get our books. And that's going to happen. Like we got to like teach all of it. Right. Um, and the kids who aren't able to read independently that we got to work with them. And so, you know, there's so much, you know, self-regulation, self-efficacy, self, you know, you know, um, self-talk, right. Like all of that we're teaching, like those could be skills and strategies too, but we're like, we got to teach them how to make that transfer. Like I'm working with you now, like now what are you going to do to go back to your seat and keep that going yeah, to I be think, independent? Yeah, that word transfer, right? I mean, you can master a bunch of skills for maybe the year, but 
where you see it afterward when you're trying to um, you're in a library or a bookstore or you know you have time on your hand and what you know he, he mentions in the book there's a difference between strategies and being strategic and I think that's the point I think we're all seeing here is is how can kids take this and and become readers not just following up a reading curriculum well thank you both for being here this is um it's great to meet you both I haven't just seen you from afar from social media and um connecting online so it's great to meet you both Denise and Sandy and um, I look forward to discussing this book as we go forward and um, learning from you so so thank you for being here thanks thank for you making for this time up man appreciate it have a nice evening all right you bye too.